Now, the spoken word is basically just talking about the importance of us sharing, telling people you know, what we believe, who we believe Jesus is. And people need to, they, they literally need to hear about Jesus. I read a story back in 2002, the, the actual event took place, place in 2002. Two barges ran into a bridge in the Arkansas River in Oklahoma and, and uh, knocked out 580 feet of the bridge. Now, the unfortunate things that happened at night, and so there were cars that were driving over this bridge not realizing that it was out. Uh, two fishermen happened to see what was going on, and so they, they're trying to figure out how they could stop people from driving over the bridge. And so one of them had a flare in his boat, and he grabbed a flare, and he just shot it up, trying to shoot it right over the bridge. It just so happened as he shot it, an 18-wheeler was coming towards the bridge, and it hit his windshield. And, uh, of course, that got his attention, and he, he looked around, he stopped, realizing with all the light around him that the bridge was out. The 18-wheeler then pulled in front of the bridge, kept other cars from driving over it. 19,000 cars a day would go over that bridge. And so they, they said, we really don't know how many lives were saved because those two fishermen were willing to shoot off that flare. And I thought about that, and I began to realize that, that in some sense there are a lot of people in our world today who are going over a broken bridge in life to destruction. You know, being wiped out. And, and it's, it's going to be so important for those of us who know that there is life beyond this one, that there's a God who cares about them, that, that we shoot off the flare, so to speak, that, that we share the spoken word about Jesus. Now, for those of us who've grown up in the church, I'm sure that you're pretty familiar with this and you know the importance of telling people about Jesus. And yet what I've discovered is that it, it, it's really kind of tough for us to put into practice. And basically, there's just a couple of reasons why, I think, a couple of major ones. One, I, th I think, is just fear. I think, for one, we're, we're kind of afraid to tell other people, uh, share our faith, because we think, well, they're going to think I'm weird. And, you know, we of all people, you know, we want to be seen as being kind of, you know, kind of normal folks. And we don't want to do anything to jeopardize our standing with anybody. And we don't want to look like, a, you know, a babbling idiot, because we don't know what we're talking about. And then I think another issue that keeps us from sharing is just the whole issue of time. I think a lot of us just really feel like that we got all the time in the world and there's not really that urgency, that pressing feeling that, you know, that, that life's short and, and people need to know about Jesus. Hey guys, what I'm discovering as I go through life is that, that life, it kind of goes fast and it just sort of whips by. Before you know it, you know, you're, most of your years are behind you. Now, my hope is as we examine our scripture, that we're going to put aside some excuses that we typically have about, about the importance of sharing our faith and, and put aside the fear that we might have and that we will move through like the man we're going to focus on in our text today did. And today we're going to look at a guy's name's Philip. And Philip was a man who went out on a limb and he told a guy about Jesus. And it wasn't some you know, big theological discussion. He had to have a degree to share or anything. He just simply told this man about Jesus. And I want you to know that when we tell people about Jesus, it is the greatest message that we can ever communicate. Now, I know we're in church and you've got to say stuff like that. But guys, when you really think about it, if we believe this, this message is true, it is the greatest message that can ever be shared. And so the question is, well, how do I share it? And, uh, you know, and what are the ingredients that are necessary, you know, for me to do a good job of sharing who Jesus is. 
So if you have your Bible, we're going to take a look. And I'd just like for you to get your Bible and look with me to Acts chapter 8. And we're going to look in verse number 26 in just a few moments. So Acts chapter 8, verse number 26. A um, little background information about what's going on in the book of Acts. A lot of Christians during this time had undergone, they were undergoing persecution because of their faith. And so what happened is when they started facing persecution, when I say persecution, I'm not talking about people making fun of them. I mean, they were killing people because they're Christians. And so we got to get out of here. And so the people got up, a lot of the Christians left Jerusalem. They went into some of the surrounding nations, ancient, ancient Roman Empire, went around the, some of the surrounding nations there, but they brought their faith with them. And so whenever they went to these new countries, they started telling people, hey, there's this guy, Jesus, you're not going to believe this, he actually rose from the dead, which is, you know, that was last week, Easter, you know, which is a big deal. And so they started telling people about Jesus, and, you know, it's just an exciting time about what's going on. And, and it was a motivating factor for them to share their faith. When we started this church nine years ago, the motivating factor for starting the church, in all honesty, was so that more people would just simply hear about Jesus. Because we believe Jesus changes people's lives. And if we're going to stay true to our intent as a church to help people discover who Jesus is and to help people discover how he can make a difference in their life you know, right now, that we've got to learn how to share faith. How to tell, just simply tell people about Jesus. So, so what does that mean? And you know, what are the ingredients for us to be able to do that? And today I just want us very you know, briefly to look at several different ingredients that are necessary for us to share faith. So, so what, are, what are some ingredients necessary to tell people about Jesus? We're going to start off very simply. Number one, it takes preparation. And we're going to tell people about Jesus. It starts with preparation. Now look in verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. And this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Whenever, and I know, whenever, especially preachers, when preachers start talking about it, you know, we all need to share your faith. I think for most people, and, and y'all, and me included, it, it's kind of it's it's kind of an intimidating thing to think about, just to talk to people about Jesus, because I think what we think is that if I'm going to tell people about Jesus, it's like I've got to drum up business to do. And we begin to think, if I'm going to do that, it's like I've become a salesperson. You know, sort of like I, I work at a circus and I'm trying to get you to come, you know, look at the bearded lady. And, you know, it's all kind of weird. And we think, gosh, if I do that, oh, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want to share my faith to be like I'm a salesperson. Now, when I read the Bible here, there's some encouraging, some encouraging things that I find out here. And that is that God is not looking for you and for me to be salespeople. He's not looking for us to be like those infomercial guys. You know, come buy this, you know, OxyClean and all that. We, that's who we are as Christians. I look into the Bible and what I discover is God is the one who prepares everything for us. God makes divine appointments for us very simply to be able to talk with people. Now, you can notice this in our text. How did Philip, if you have your Bible, you can look there. How did Philip know that he was supposed to go on the Gaza road? How do you know? 
I bet you all talk like crazy when you're everywhere except for in this room. Anybody know? All right, I'm just going to tell you. An angel told him. Right? It's the Bible says. It says an angel told him you get on the God's road and go. Now, just uh, I, like, I like geography and I like, I like history. And so this has nothing to do with anything, but I'm going to tell you because it makes me, I'm like one of those people I've got to fill in all the blanks and then I feel complete. Um, so what's, where's Jerusalem, Gaza? Here's Jerusalem. The Gaza road, it was a desert road. It runs straight south. It runs south out of Jerusalem and it leads into yeah, the desert. So that's where he's going. Okay, so he, he's, um, he's told by God, leave nice, pretty Jerusalem and get on the Gaza road. Go out into the desert. Now, you say, well, then how, how did he know to go there? Well, an angel told him to go there. And, and what's interesting to me is that when he told him to go there, he did not tell him what was going to be on the road when he went. He just said, you just go. And so what did Philip do? Well, Philip got up and he went. And God knew that he was going to run into a man that needed to hear about Jesus. Now, here's a, the big question for us, I think, when I look at this text, and as far as preparation goes. And that is, how can I prepare myself to where I'm going to hear the voice of God? If Philip had not been listening he would not have heard God's message telling him what he was to do. So how can we be sensitive enough to where we hear the message of God, hear God's voice speak to us, so that we will have those opportunities to tell people about Jesus? Now I'm going to share with you a few things that, that you probably are familiar with, but it's, it all comes down to am I going to put it into practice or not. If you want to hear God's voice, one of the best ways to start is start reading this book. Read the Bible. Now, I think we know this, or you would suspect that I would say something like that, but you've got to do it. Now, now why? Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a light unto my, or lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Now, if you're in a dark room and you were given a flashlight, and you were shining that flashlight, what does that flashlight allow you to do in darkness? It was see. You're able to see where you can go. You're able to avoid the obstacles that can be in your path. If you turn that light off, man, you're just going to walk into all kinds of junk and garbage, and you're going to hurt yourself. And so the God's Word has been given to us to guide us, to direct us in the way that we live. So take time to read God's Word. That's how you can prepare to hear God's voice. Another thing that you can do is, is pray. Simply take time to talk to God. Ask God for leadership. So, Lord, I need your direction. When it comes to, to, to sharing Jesus with people, ask Jesus to open up opportunities for you just simply to talk to people about Jesus. And then you need to wait because you know what God's going to do? God will provide those opportunities. Another one is to be a part of a church, to be part of a small group. There's something powerful that happens whenever people gather together in order to focus their attention on God and on God's Word. Jesus said in Matthew 18:20, He said, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am with them. Now, whenever that happens, what does God do when He's with us? He, he leads us. He directs us. You can count on God doing His part. Because God has prepared a path He desires for your life to travel on. And there's no doubt that a part of the journey that God wants you and me to take, He wants us to be in the journey, on the journey of being able to tell people about God. You don't have to wonder, does God want me to ever tell anybody about Him? 
You don't have to wonder that. Yeah, absolutely. Before Jesus left this earth and he went back to be with God the Father, his last commandment to his disciples is found in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And he said, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But we have a responsibility to prepare ourselves for that journey. Philip was prepared to hear God's voice. And what happened? God spoke to him. And because God spoke to him, he was able to meet with a man who was prepared to hear the message of Jesus. Now, preparation is vital for success. And the key for preparation is we've got to listen. We have to, we have, we have to listen. I read a story about a uh, this back in the days whenever the telegraph was the, I guess, the major... Uh, means of communication between people. And so a man wants to apply for a job. He's going to be a Morse code operator. And so he goes to the office to apply for the job and he sits down in the lobby with seven other guys who are applying for the same job. In the background you can hear the telegraphs you know, clacking away. So that guy sits there for a while and all of a sudden he stands up and he just he walks back into the, the boss's office. And everybody's kind of looking around like, what is he doing? And so he walks back there. He's there about five minutes, and then they walk back out. And the boss comes out and says, Gentlemen, thanks for coming. He said, um, the job, the position has now been filled by this man. And the other guys, they're, they're irritated or ticked off. They're saying, that's not fair. So we've been sitting here the whole time. He got here after us, and he gets, you didn't even interview us. He, and he gets a job. And the boss said, he said, the entire time that telegraph has been clicking out the message, says, if you, if you understand this message, come into my office. The job is yours. Now, because that man was listening, what happened? He was blessed. Because he was listening, he got the message. Now, the question for us is, especially as believers, those of you who are believers, are you listening? You know, are you listening to what God says? Because if you are, there are ways that you can impact people's lives like you never dreamed. Because God's Word has power. I honestly believe we live in a community where people are eager to hear from the one true God. I believe we live in a place where people are eager to know that there is a God who can change their lives. And guess who has that message for them? It's us. And now what's the ingredient for sharing a message of Jesus? First it starts with preparation. Next is obedience. It's, it's obedience. Now look with me in verse 26 and 27 again. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, He said, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. <clears throat> so he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, we're told that God got his message across to Philip. He said, I, I want you to go on the southern road, the Gaza Road, and go into the desert. Now, when Philip heard this message, how did he respond? And I look in verse number 27, it says, And so he started out. I like that. It doesn't say that he didn't say, Hey, Lord, let's, let's think about this for a second. Yeah, it's hot in the desert. I don't want to go yet. Maybe we can wait a couple months. Um, he didn't start, you know, arguing with the Lord. Didn't say, Lord, I, I don't enjoy traveling. What did he do? It says, so he started out. He was obedient to what God commanded him to do. Did you know a sign that you belong to God 
is that you will be obedient to what he tells you to do. That, that is a sign that you belong to God. Jesus said in John 14, 15, he said, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And again, it's interesting to me to see that when God told, told Philip what to do, he didn't tell him what was coming next. He just said, get on the road and go. And, and Philip did it. And I read that and I think, why would you do that? I mean, I think, I think most of us are probably, you're probably a lot like me. If somebody tells you to go somewhere, your first thought is, why? You know, you, you need to go. If, if one of you guys told me, hey, listen, I, I, I want you to go to the grocery store. Okay, what do you want me to get? Uh, why do you want me to go there? We want to know the answer. When Philip was told to go, what did he do? He just went. Now, why would he do that? Because he knew God. And he knew that God loved him. He knew that God cared for him. So he trusted God. And he said, well, I don't know what he wants me to do, but I'm going to go because I trust him. I try to liken it to... This is, I don't know if it's a good example. I just thought of it. Um, I enjoy... I told him before I enjoy movies, although I can't remember the last time I've seen like a you know a grown up movie. Uh, this movie I did see it was actually with my sons. We saw True Grit. Uh, two thumbs up for that one. Uh, anyway, I, I just love movies like that. You know, True Grit. I saw it with John Wayne, and I wanted to see the new one, so we saw it. I like movies like that. I like I like comedies a lot. Um, I'm not going to tell you which ones I like because you will think less of my intellect because I know right now you think it's way up here. So I like my wife to watch movies with me. And after a while, Emily, if you all know Emily, um, Emily's, Emily does, she's not like the slapstick kind of person. You know, she doesn't like stuff like that. And so she'll say, okay, I've had enough of these movies. Now it's my turn. And then she'll go out and she'll get like, uh, you know, The Bleak House, which is a masterpiece theater, you know, movie. And, uh, you know, and it's bleak. It's, it's real uplifting. Uh, so, you know, so we'll watch stuff like that, Jane Iron. And uh, you know, and out, but you know what? When she gets, I will, I will watch them with her. And and uh, now I don't get movies like that. You know, she's like, well, this is it's so realistic. I don't like realistic stuff. I mean, I want to watch stuff that is absolutely, there ain't no way it could ever happen. And so, so we watch these movies. But I will watch them with her. You know why? Because I know Emily. You know, she's watched my my stuff, and so I'll watch hers. And I, and I know she loves me, and so I'll love her. I'm like, I don't understand this movie, but I'll watch it with you anyway. Well, when we love God, and we understand that God loves us, we're going to do what he tells us to do. Why? Because we understand that God cares for us. And when we follow God's leadership, we're blessed. And I, th- I start thinking, I wonder how many of us have missed out on the blessings of God because we haven't followed his leadership. Because we haven't trusted Him. I wonder how many people outside of us have missed out on experiencing, experiencing the love and the mercy and the grace of God because we weren't willing to be obedient to God's calling that He gave to us to reach out to those people. You know, we, I believe the Bible is sufficient in the directions that, he gives, that it gives, but how, what good are directions for us if we never follow them? You know, we can have all the directions of the world, but they don't mean anything until we follow them. I read a, a story. This is a, I read it a number of years ago. It's a true story. In 1975, there were some prisoners in Mexico who were decided they were going to tunnel out of their prison uh, for an escape. And so they got together 75 inmates, and for a solid year, they dug a tunnel. They'd dig at night, come back to their cells during the day, and then dig again at night. They just continued to do this for actually it was over a year. Now, they knew, that they knew how many feet they had to go to get on the other side of the 
fence. They just they said, we just want to get far enough away to where we're not just right on the other side of the fence. But they didn't know anything beyond that. You know, they didn't have any maps or anything, so they just said, we're just going to figure it out on our own, and we're going to go as long as we think we need to. So they, they, they tunnel out, and one year later, 1976, they decide it's time to escape. 1976 comes. They, they, they cut the earth above them, and to their, y'all, and this, if I ever plan an escape, this would be me. They cut out, and they go up through a floor, and you know where they are? They are in a courthouse. And the, the judge who had convicted most of those guys was sitting at his bench, and they come up right in front of him. And he's looking at them, 75 guys come crawling out of the floor. Now, every one of them, as you can imagine, they did not get uh, an A for effort. They were all arrested and sent back to prison again. Now, it happened because they didn't have real good directions. They tried to figure out everything on their own. Now, guys, I, I, want you to, I want you to understand something. We have all the directions that we need when it comes to sharing our faith with the Lord. We have all the directions we need. The question is, are we going to be obedient? Or are we just simply going to try to figure out stuff on our own and come up with our own direction? Now, I want you to dream with me for a second. Can you imagine what would happen if we were really obedient to God's leadership? And we started telling people about Christ. And I'm not talking about you know, some, scary, some scary approach. Just say, hey, y'all, I want to, to, your, to your neighbor, to your friend, let me just share with you what Jesus has done for me. And just to talk to him about it. You know, you know what would happen? I, I, I believe that, that lives would be saved. I believe that marriages would be restored. I believe that children would be put on a new direction. I believe crime would go down. I believe society would be transformed. Now, I look into our scripture. I think, man, is, is there anything that we can do to bring transformation into our community? Yes, tell people about Jesus. Legend says that this Ethiopian man, when he went back home, years later, missionaries came into Ethiopia. When they came there, people had already heard about Jesus. And they trace it all the way back to this man. When he got home, he started telling people, this is what God did for me. Now, what's the ingredients for us to share our faith? Preparation. Obedience is the last, the last one right here. And I'll be brief. The last one is Scripture. If we're going to share our faith, the ingredient necessary is the Bible. Now, I'm going to read to you in verse number 29. It says, The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. It's on that road. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading, reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And the eunuch was reading this passage of Scripture. It's what he's reading. It says, He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as the lamb before the shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, he said, Tell me, please, who's the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? And then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. All right, I just want to, I want to briefly share this with you. The guy's traveling on the road. God says, Philip, get on the road. He has no idea why he's going there. He goes on the road, and he hears a guy um, in a chariot reading a passage of Scripture, and the Spirit of God says, go to that guy. What's the guy reading? He's reading in the book of Isaiah. Okay, I'm thinking, you know, this is, I think this is neat. How, 
what are the chances that he's going to be on a road and the guy's going to be reading out loud the book of Isaiah? The uh, book of Isaiah is Old Testament, and just to let you know, the passage of Scripture he's reading here was written 700 years before Jesus was born. He's reading about Jesus. He doesn't know it. So Philip runs up to him says, Hey, what you reading? You understand what you're reading? How can I understand it? i got to have somebody explain it to me. And he looks at it and says, What are you reading? He looks at it. Oh, you're reading about Jesus. How odd is that? And so he just says, Well, let me tell you, let me tell you about Jesus. The, the passage being talked about here is when Jesus is giving up his life as a sacrifice on the cross. Pretty cool. He's like, This is what you're reading about. He, and then he begins to tell him, Jesus came as a sacrifice for your sins. Y'all, God orchestrates everything when we're willing to be obedient to Him. You might say, Lord, I, I feel you impressing on my heart to reach out to this guy, but Lord, you don't know that guy. Guys, let me tell you something. If God impresses you to reach out to someone, do it. Because you don't have a clue how God's already preparing that situation. This man, he's reading the Bible. Now, our focus when we share with people Scripture. I, I don't like to talk to people about God and just start making stuff up. You know, I like to say, well, this is what God's Word says. You say, why is the Bible so important? Because it comes from God. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How long does the Bible last? Is this, is this Word, is it good not just for... You know, 2,000 years ago, is it good for today? Isaiah 48 says, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God, it stands forever. Now, we look in the Scripture because it is a timeless truth. It is something we can count on. It has power. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not a gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Why, why do we point people to Jesus? Why don't we point it to the Bible? Because it points to Jesus. There's power in God's Word. Now, there's some stuff that looks good in our world about how to change our lives and all that, but in effect, it's really not all that powerful. Now, I'm, I'm going to close with this story right here. I, and I don't know where you fall on this, but I think in a good example of this is the electric car industry. I read an article about this um, last week. As I was reading an article about electric cars, and we think, man, it'd be so great if we had electric cars. We won't have to pay for it. Have you all noticed the gas prices? Isn't that a blessing? I'm thinking, I, I'm, I'm shooting, I hope it hits $10. I just want to see double digits. I'm kidding. Um, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. And so I think electric cars would be awesome to take away. We wouldn't have dependence on foreign oil or any of that stuff. Sounds good. There's actually some cars right now. Uh, there's the, the, the Tesla, the Volt, uh, some other cars are totally electric cars. Some of these cars, they can actually run 100 miles on a charge. Okay, that's not bad. Okay, that's pretty good. Okay, here's the negative thing. If you charge it at your house... It takes 20 hours to charge it so it can go another 100 miles. So if you're going to Greenville, just go ahead and mark off a week, and uh, you'll be able to get home, you know, in a fully charged car. So you think, that doesn't sound good. Now, the cool thing, though, is they're starting to come up with, like, these little gas stations. They're called charge stations. Blythewood's got one. Did y'all read that? We're going to have an electric car charge station. Okay, I'm thinking, I can get an electric car, and I can charge here. Sounds good. Here's the problem. There's only 500 charging stations in the United States. 400 of them are in California. Oh, good grief. I mean, you know, it takes me three days to get to Greenville. Think about California just to charge up. And so it sounds good. Sounds like a good idea, but it doesn't have power to be good. The Bible, it sounds like a good idea, guys. It has power 
It has the power. It has the word of God that can transform the hearts of men. And our responsibility is to give out the spoken word, the word of Jesus. Well, what are the ingredients necessary for us to do it? Preparation. Prepare yourself to listen to God. Read his word. So obedience is next. When you, when you read God's word and you're impressed to do something, do it. God prepared already. He's prepared the way for you. The final one is Scripture. How do we get prepared? Begin to read Scripture and to find out what it has to say. That's why we believe the church is important. That's why small groups are important for us so we can look and see what God has to say to us. Guys, God can change your life and He can change the lives of the people you love and care about. And we have a commission to share Jesus. Let's back for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray that we will have a conviction as a people and as a church to tell people about Jesus, to invite them into the church to hear the message of Christ. God, may you bless us, and I pray that as we are obedient to you, that we will grow more and more confident in you as we see you, as you, as we see you be true to your word. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. This time I'm going to ask our ushers, they're going to pass around the offering baskets. And if you have anything that you'd like to share with us, prayer requests, whatever it might be, put those in the basket and we will be happy uh, to respond to those requests. We are thankful that when we come here to worship, we are worshiping Jesus who conquered the grave. 
God, our hope is in You. God, our trust is in You. And I pray that as a, a body of believers, God, that we will have a heart for our friends and our neighbors and our fellow students. God, that we would have a heart for them to find Jesus. God, may that be a passion for us. And I pray that we will see lives changed because of our obedience to You. Thank You, God, for this day. and Protect us, bless us, heal us, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.